Yo, this is Axel Rose of Guns N' Roses. Hey, this is Carmen Electra. Hi, this is Daryl Strawberry. What up, though? This is Big Snoop Deal Double G. Hi, this is John Stallard. Hey, yo, Hulk Hogan here. What's up? This is Beyonce. I got a great show lined up for y'all. Hey, yo, yo, yo. Let's get this party started. The Sports Beat. You know what? Let's keep it hot. The Sports Beat is off the chain, man. Ah, yeah. The Sports Beat. Download the podcast now. You're listening to The Sports Beat with Richard Holdridge. And welcome back to the show. You are listening to The Sports Beat with Richard Holdridge. I am excited about my next guest because he is a member of Daily Wire Sports, a host of a podcast called Crane & Company. Jake Crane, welcome to the show. Hey, man, I appreciate you having me. Uh, excited to get on, man. It's uh, football season basically is here. Absolutely. Football tonight, NFL preseason, the Hall of Fame game. We got the Jacksonville Jaguars taking on the Las Vegas Raiders. Yeah, well, I mean, you're going to have 22 guys on a football field. That's 100 yards uh, narrow and 53 and a half yards wide. So, you know, while the preseason kind of is, it is obviously, you know, Trevor Lawrence, ETN, Big-time names off the Jaguars and the Raiders aren't going to be playing. Since they're playing an organized game, even though it's the preseason, you know it's right around the corner. So, look, I'll take any football I can get at this point. Jake, I'm a huge fan of your podcast, Crane & Company. I mean, of course, uh, you got your brother on the podcast. It's such a great podcast because there's not a whole lot of fluff. You get right on the air, and you got some hot sports takes. You used to be on Colin Cowherd's podcast channel. I really like your style. And really, when you get into broadcasting, it's really all about trying to find your style. I'm new to the game. I've been a podcaster for about two years now. But, Jake, how did you get your style as a broadcaster, and where did you get your start? Well, man, you know, I'm only two years into this thing, too. I coached uh, nine years, six at the Division One level in college football. I uh, was very fortunate enough, you know, to have that career. And when COVID hit, I, I came back. They sent all us home and the players home. I was coaching up in Montana and uh, just bought a $50 mic and was trying to pass the time. That was the first year of the early signing period. So I had most of my guys signed uh, and just started doing it. And it took off like wildfire, man. And And I think – when you listen to our show, like the one, the best compliment we get is, I mean, it's it's genuinely us, you know. Like you're you're gonna get to to really know us, and I'm not one of those people that that just says wild stuff, you know, for it to to get clicks and and stuff like that. I actually say, you know, what I mean. Now, sometimes my opinion may be different than what the the mainstream opinion is about it, but again, we we don't mind dissent. You know, we have a great, uh, you know, we do our live show from two to three central each weekday. Uh, on YouTube and then on, on Daily Wire as well. And then it's on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. But, you know, we interact with the fans during the show. It's a live show. And really my style, man, I, I've always been that way. I mean, n- nothing would really change, you know, if if me and you and a couple of buddies met up at a sports bar and, and I, uh, you know, we just started talking about it. That's I think that's why it's it's been successful is because it has, you know, obviously David played. Uh, he's quarterback at Michigan. Blaine played at Western College, Alabama. Me and Blaine both coached. Uh, you know, for a while. So we do have kind of a perspective that not a lot of people have. I always say, if I was a chef for nine years, I'd probably have a pretty good chef podcast. So that's really kind of the, the style is just, I've always been that way. And I think it comes off as genuine. You know, we don't go to our meetings in the morning and say, all right, well, here's the topic. You need to agree. I need to disagree. We go over the topics, but we don't even tell each other really what we think about them. I, I like the genuine reaction on the show. Because it's hard to argue a point you don't believe in. And I feel like people 
can tell when you're trying to fake something or force something. Exactly. Now, we were talking before this show started that you have some ties from Auburn, but you did play mm-hmm. college baseball at South Alabama down in Mobile, Alabama. You were yep. a Jaguar in the Sun Belt. Very familiar with that. But in my neck of the woods, in the Chattahoochee Valley, as we would like to call it, Auburn University, a big storyline. The Auburn pitching coach, Tim Hudson, is now the head baseball coach at Lee Scott Academy. I mean, so you're familiar with the Auburn area, but now you're in Nashville, and uh, that's a good move for you. Daily Wire is a great company. I'm a huge fan of Ben Shapiro, Candace Owens. I love the fact that Daily Wire now has a sports division, and you get to be a part of it. Yeah, I mean, they're unbelievable to work for. And, and, you know, my father, going back to Auburn, my father was Kirk Crane. He was All-American at Auburn, coached there, played the NFL for a little bit. So, you know, we moved 11 times within the city of Auburn, but uh, I'm, I'm Auburn born and born and bred. But, you know, the, the Daily Wire, it's, it's an unbelievable company to work for because, number one, you know, they don't tell you what to say. And when we were renegotiating our contract with Colin Cowherd and the volume, Ben reached out to me on social media uh, and was like, hey, man, you know, we'd, we'd like to talk to you about, about doing our inaugural sports show up here. We want to do a national sports show. Uh, and, and we came running because, again, you know, we're, we're not a political show. There are some times where it intersects with sports. I mean, obviously, you look at this Brittany Griner situation. Uh, you look at NIL. People say that that's political. Uh, there's sometimes where it does intersect. But we don't go out there trying to shove a political narrative down people's throat. We just want to talk about sports. And when it intersects, we'll give our opinion. But. You know, we encourage dissent, whether that be on the sports uh, side alone or, or when sports and politics meet, because I feel like, you know, the minute we stop having dissent, like if everybody agreed on everything, this would be the most boring place ever. So the Daily Wire d- doesn't tell us what to say. We're not on some sort of, of you know, martyr mission to, to get some political narrative push. We just want to talk ball, man. We love it. It's something we know. And uh, it's it's been an honor so far. It's been great so far. The response has been amazing. I think we may even start going longer now. Uh, the football season's here. So we're very fortunate. Oh, bring it. I'm a huge fan and I would listen to your show every day. I just enjoy just your hot sports takes. And really, it's been a very crazy week. I know we had the passing of Russell, the passing of Vince Scully. Yeah. Meant a lot to me. Uh, when I was a kid, I grew up listening to Vince Scully. The 1986 World Series, Bill Buckner threw his legs. Kirk Gibson's just miraculous home run. What did Vince Scully mean to you? Did you ever want to be a, a baseball announcer? Well, you know, to me, like everybody, obviously Vince Scully was the voice of the Dodgers, but but he's really the voice of of baseball in general. I mean, he's a guy that, that dedicated his life to it. And there's been a lot of people that have dedicated their lives to it. But, you know, what Vin was able to do, I mean, you talk about a guy that could paint a picture with his words, uh, and and he always was able to relay what was going on Whenever there was a big player or something, you mentioned Kirk Gibson and the improbable home run, Bill Buckner letting that ball go between his legs. You know, he made you feel like you were there, and, and he made you feel like you were a part of something. And as somebody that has a show, I, I really have a respect for that, you know, in, uh, on multiple levels. But, you know, he was a heck of a guy. You know, you lived in 94. What he gave to baseball, what he gave to the world uh, is something that will last well beyond his 94 years. So, you know, we didn't just lose a great – you know, announcer or commentator, you lost a great person as well. I could not agree more. And that is the only thing that I like about the Dodgers. I'm a diehard San Francisco Giants <laughs> fan. So Vince Scully, that's really the only thing I like about the Dodgers, which was really funny. But you coming from Auburn, I know you're a big college football fan. We got college football. Oh, yeah. You're in the South, Nashville, the hub of the South. Well, Atlanta, Nashville. 
it's all about college football here in the South. As we are weeks away from week zero, we're going to have some college football games that week before the Chick-fil-A kickoff and before Auburn gets into it. They, they play Mercer their first game. And they play San Jose State, which, uh, you know, I'm being from California. I used to live like 20 minutes from San Jose State. Uh, but being an Auburn fan and you know, with TJ Finley getting arrested and I think the Calzada is going to be the starting quarterback. Brian Harson's second year, what are the expectations for the Auburn Tigers, especially with Tank Bigsby coming back, but the uncertainty at quarterback and his issues that he had in year one, especially at SEC Media Days? Yeah, well, there's a lot of pressure on Brian. I, I think he's got to win eight to be able to stay. I mean, we all know what went down in the offseason last year. What went down in the season last year that kind of fell off a cliff. And, yeah, T.J. Finley got arrested as a Class A misdemeanor. He was on a moped without a helmet, and I think he tried to duck the police, which is so stupid. I mean, it's just – it's not smart. I'll be interested to see what the disciplinary, you know, reaction to that is. I know he already made bond. He's back at practice with fall camp and stuff starting. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, uh, you know, number one, college football season in general. It's like Christmas for me every week. Uh, I love it to death. I'm so giddy for it to – to start but yeah there's a ton of pressure on Auburn I mean they get their first five games at home got to go at least four and one you know and and if they don't if they don't go four and one it's going to be a long road because that back half of that schedule is not exactly forgiving you got Bama and Georgia on the road uh you got Ole Miss on the road uh, you got Mississippi State on the road it's it's going to be an absolute fist fight uh but yeah there's a lot of pressure on him and you know when I look around the Southeastern Conference in general the depth of the league just continues to get better and better. And I think, you know, it's a common misconception with the SEC that it's like, all right, well, it's Alabama and Georgia and it's a one-off and you just got to beat those two. That's not what makes the SEC tough. And Texas and Oklahoma are going to figure this out when they get in there. It's the grind of having to go to hostile environments on the road every week, even when you're playing teams at home. I mean, LSU's no pushover. Kentucky's no pushover. Arkansas's no pushover. Tennessee's no pushover. I can go down the list. Outside of Vanderbilt, it's a fist fight every week. There's NFL players running all over the field. So it's a battle of attrition. So when you look at the depth of the league, uh, it's going to be amazing to watch this year. I, I got it as a log jam in the West. Obviously, I have Alabama winning it. I think they're going to end up playing Ohio State in the national championship. I got Georgia winning the East. But looking at that second tier of teams uh, on the come up with, with a couple of coaches in their second year, you know, you mentioned Brian Harson. You look at Josh Heupel, Sam Pittman in year three. There's a lot of great storylines, and I think the depth of the league is only getting better. Now, which coach is going to have an immediate impact in college football? Between Brian Kelly at LSU, uh, Billy Napier at Florida, you got Mario Cristobal at Miami, uh, even, even Marcus Freeman at Notre Dame. I mean, who is going to make the biggest impact right out the gate? Oh, I forgot, Lincoln Riley at USC. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you know, you, you look at USC being in the Pac-12, getting Caleb Williams and Mario Williams over there. There's a lot of excitement. But I got to look at Mario and Miami, man. We talked about this today. I led with it. I think Miami's going to play for a national championship within the next five years. You look at them. The biggest, the biggest problem with Miami was resource-wise. Them and Florida State were kind of behind the times. I mean, you got to drive a long way from campus to go play. And now that, you know, that billionaire down there in Miami said, all right, I'll get you an on-campus stadium. I'll get you all the resources they need. You need NIL money. I'll give it to you. But Mario, you know, going into a conference where I know Clemson's dominated, it's not an easy conference. You look at what Wake's done. You look at what Pitt did last year, you know, with Kenny Pickett and Jordan Addison, even though both those guys are gone. Uh, I think I think Miami's going to win the Coastal Division this year. 
I got him going seven and one. We dropped our predictions today. Uh, I just feel like the fit's really good. Mario can recruit guys up front as well as anybody in the country. You look at the five-star offensive tackle they have committed. They lead for another. And that's where the game's won and lost. If you want to bridge that gap between Georgia and Bama and Ohio State, you got to do it up front. That's the way that they do it. Everybody can get excited about receivers and DBs and all that's great. But how good are you on the edge? How good are you at tackle? How good are you at defensive end? How deep are you on the interior of the defensive line? Do you, do you go 7-8 deep on the offensive line? And that's the difference when you get there and you play these guys. I call it gravity. Over four quarters, gravity is going to take effect at some point. So I, I think Mario in Miami, uh, again, I think was the best hire of the offseason in what people in what could have been the greatest offseason hires we've seen in college football. When you look at Brian Kelly in LSU, when you look at Mario, when you look at Lincoln, when you look at Brent Venables uh, in Oklahoma, hell, when you look at Tony Elliott in Virginia. So in uh, BK, like I mentioned at LSU, there was a lot of great hires, but I would go with Mario this year. Oh, absolutely. And me being from California, I've lived in the South since 2005. But, you know, I was born and raised in California where there's no really college football Uh, in the San Francisco Bay Area. It's all about the San Francisco 49ers. They don't care about Cal or Stanford. But me being a Stanford fan, I know that what David Shaw has done in the past decade, going to four BCS appearances, taking over for the realms of Jim Harbaugh. What is it going to take for a college football program in California to be recognized and to build up a fan base? Or will it ever happen in California? Do they just not care about college football? And can USC actually save college football in California? Yeah, well, I think USC is obviously at the pinnacle of that because they've done it before. You know, what they did with Pete Carroll, they made college football cool. Because, I mean, if you look, there's so much to do in in California you have so many pro teams it's it's kind of you know not as not as as lifeline-ish as it is in the south I mean there are towns you know this Auburn Knoxville Oxford Tuscaloosa Athens that, that run on college football that's that's how they survive so I think there's a disconnect between the colleges out there just because there's so much other stuff to do and people kind of spread their time more thinly out there than they do down here I mean you know you've been down here long enough it's a religion down here. If they played on Sunday, people wouldn't go to church. So uh, when I look at it, obviously USC's the front runner. UCLA's always been so interesting to me. It, it, it shocks me that you know we saw the success they've had in basketball, going all the way back to John Wooden. But it but it surprises me they haven't been better in football. You would think a good USC would make UCLA even better, but it really hasn't happened. Uh, and I don't see it happening anytime in the future. But USC with Lincoln Riley, again, that was a splash hire out there. Uh, people are excited about USC football again, and they carry the mantle in that state when it comes to college football. Now, will it ever be like it is in the South? I don't think there's a chance in hell of that happening. But I think they can turn it up a notch, and USC would obviously be leading that charge, you know, for, you know, pun intended. <laughs> yeah. So we talked about college football. We talked about the NFL I know uh, here in the South, I, I know that the Atlanta Braves right now in uh, just a fight with the New York Mets and the NL East, yeah. making big moves at the trade deadline. I, I know you mentioned this on your show. Uh, do you think the Braves can repeat as World Series champions? 
Yeah, I do. I mean, obviously the Yankees are, are hotter than a fat kid in the sleeping bag at summer camp right now. And we know the Dodgers just, just made a bunch of big moves. They always make big moves. When you have that payroll, you can do things like that. But, you know, the Mets with DeGrom coming back, I watched him pitch the other day. He's so impressive. I think he's the best pitcher in baseball. It was good to see him back. But the Mets always fall apart. I mean, I've seen this movie uh, over and over and over again. I think it's a matter of time before the Braves end up taking the lead in the NL East. Uh, and that's not saying the Mets can't win the wild card or, or it's not going to be a fight down the stretch. But Alex Anthopoulos just continues to make the right moves. I said on the show the other day, he is the Dumbledore of baseball GMs. Uh, watching what he did last year, adding Rosario and Duvall and Solaire. Then you look at, at uh, the moves he's made this year. I mean, Michael Harris is a guy that came up through the organization that's so unbelievably talented. And they won a World Series without Ronald Acuna. They're playing well without him playing well. Austin Riley has turned into a dominant hitter now that he's figured out how to hit the slider. And you go up and down that lineup. You look at the pitching staff. I like the add of Odorizzi. If you look at it from a six-man rotation standpoint, adding a veteran arm like that, Charlie Morton's coming on a little bit. So I think the Braves are in as good a spot as ever, and Alex is going to continue to put them in great situations. And I think it's such a great marriage between Alex and the Braves. So I don't see him slowing down anytime soon. I'm a Braves fan. So I hope they repeat. It's going to be tough, but it's baseball, man. You know how it goes. Jake, I got to ask you, I know that we had the NBA offseason. It's been a little quiet, but about a year ago today, the Los Angeles Lakers were making moves. They got Russell Westbrook. They got Carmelo Anthony. I pretty much made a joke on my podcast that it seemed like they were recasting the movie Uncle Drew because they, <laughs> they were getting all these players in their upper 30s LeBron says he's going to want he wants to run it back with the big three. Kevin Durant is still not he's still in limbo right now. I mean, the the nature of the NBA right now, I know we're in the offseason. We had free agency a month ago. But what do you think in the grand scheme of things when it comes to the NBA? What is going to eventually happen with the Los Angeles Lakers? Well, you know, again, I, I've heard LeBron comments. I, I just – I feel like Russell Westbrook and LeBron are oil and water. I mean, I mean they're two ball-dominant guys. For Russell Westbrook to be operating at the pace that we're used to seeing Russell Westbrook, he has to dominate the ball. And you can't do that with LeBron James. Obviously, Anthony Davis has got to get healthy. I mean, you look at the amount of games that he's played over the last couple of years. I mean, he's barely out there. But I just don't see – a, a way, not that they can't make the playoffs or, or that they won't be good, but I don't see a way that Russell Westbrook and LeBron dominate together because that their games just don't match on the court. It worked with Kyrie and LeBron because Kyrie facilitates. Kyrie, you know, his offense came off of LeBron after he was facilitating to LeBron. It doesn't work that way with Russell Westbrook. So I'm very iffy uh, when, when it comes to this new experiment for the Lakers. As far as Kevin Durant, to me, he's poison. He's a team killer. I mean, the only the only franchise that was able to win it with him was the most stable franchise we've seen in a long time with the Golden State Warriors, and they're winning it without him. So it seems to me that Kevin Durant, every time he goes to a place, that team becomes about Kevin Durant. That's why when you were hearing the Celtics rumors, I was like, that is the dumbest thing that the Celtics could possibly do because their identity is we play together. It's about the team. We play defense. We get after you. And that's not what Kevin Durant is. Kevin Durant's a scorer that he'll play defense every now and then, but I don't think he fits that identity. Every There's been a, a I, I call it Hurricane Durant. Every time he comes into town, he leaves. There's so much damage, you got to send FEMA in there. Whether it was 
what with the thunder we all know how that ended whether it was with uh uh, you know, him him making a move now to the Nets. We're seeing how that, and every time it starts going bad, it turns into an absolute disaster with Kevin Durant, even the way he left the Warriors with Draymond. I, I mean, it, there's always a problem because Kevin Durant is in it for Kevin Durant. I had fun just listening to you talk about sports. It's just incredible. And you have so much range that you could pretty much pick any topic and we could just go at it. It's just been awesome to have you on the show. Well, man, I appreciate it. Uh, I'm always down to come on, man. I think you do a heck of a job. Uh, enjoying seeing you have success, man. Congrats on on moving up the way you have. And look, man, it's, it's like I said, sports is, is what I do. I love it. I eat and breathe it. Um, if there wasn't sports, I don't know what I would do. So, you know, it's something I've kind of given my life to, and I appreciate it, man, and, and appreciate you letting me come on here and hit me up anytime. Absolutely. That was Jake Crane, host of a podcast called Crane and Company, and you can download it on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the new lineup in Daily Wire Sports. Well, it's actually not new. You guys have been around for, what, a year? Uh, well, we've actually uh, got there. We started doing Crane and Company in early March, so it's still uh, – uh, we were doing the J-Boy show over there for a couple months as we transitioned as they got our studio ready and stuff like that. So, yeah. We're just ripping and roaring over there, man. It's awesome. Check us out. Go to Daily Wire Plus 2. And we just added Jordan Peterson over there. It's just uh, it's, it's a great lineup, and we're honored to be a part of it. Oh, I am excited. I'm really a huge fan of Daily Wire and its content. Yeah, it's, it's fantastic, man. And, and, again, it's only getting better. We're only adding. I mean, you know, they've got movies coming out. You know, we had Gina Carano on the show. Uh, she talked about possibly possibly fighting Ronda Rousey. So, man, it's, uh, it's been fantastic, and, and I really encourage everybody to check it out. All right. Thank you so much, everybody, for listening to another episode of the Sports Beat with Richard Holders. I hope everybody has a blessed rest of your day, and I will talk to you later. Bye, everybody. You've been listening to the Sports Beat with Richard Holdry. We invite you to download and subscribe. You can find us on Anchor, Spotify, Google Cast, Stitcher, iTunes, or wherever fine podcasts are found. Thanks for listening. Feel free to share with your friends and family. This has been the Sports Beat with your host, Richard Holdry. Produced in Columbus, Georgia. Extra production provided by J.D. Matthews. All opinions stated herein are those of the host and do not represent the opinions of Anchor Podcasts. Copyright 2020. All rights reserved.